Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. Welcoming to the microphone for the first time, Doug Smith. He's the Erie County Clerk of Elections, uh, Erie County Clerk for the... You have multiple titles and multiple things that you do let's tell let's get your story out there doug hi joel it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here today thanks for having me you got it all right so we well, are we are a, we are a family show let's get your origin story first did you grow up here in erie or did you grow up in pittsburgh where my uh, family moved here from uh, lancaster near buffalo new york in okay. about 1970 and so I'm just about a, a resident here most of my life. So did, did you go to high school here? Uh, McDowell High School graduate, Gannon University graduate. Right. Four children. Oh. Uh, my wife is Regina. We're still celebrating 38 years this Congratulations. year. Congratulations. That's you. awesome. And, um, you know, at one point you were in broadcasting. And what caused you to, you know, to, to, to apply for a, a county job? Well, it was, uh, I think it was a case of uh, God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. I was uh, let go uh, from the television station because there was a change in ownership. And so there was a contraction of positions. I'd been around a long time and, of course, was somewhat expensive. And it turned out to be a blessing for me. And uh, uh, Flo Fabrizio, who was my uh, predecessor in that position, had just won the race for the state house, so he was going on to Harrisburg to be a representative, and uh, the position was open, and I was, uh, uh, Joy Greco was someone who was on council at that time, and we knew each other a little sure. bit, and so it all it all worked out amazingly. Here's the small world. I mean, jo- Joy Greco was the talk show host I grew up with. right. Right. You know, I mean, uh, what was it, Hotline or something like Your that? Hotline. She gave the news on WJT for oh a number gosh, of years yeah. before getting into uh, public service. And so, you know, it just worked out beautifully. Frankly, How long have you been there? So it's 2003. Okay. Uh, wow. Until now. So uh, 17 years. 17 years this year. Good for you. Yeah. Well, and again, there's a lot that you have to keep track of. I mean, it, it is for for you know being the the clerk of the county council and and for the clerk of elections. This is this is a lot of uh, uh, very specific duties and very high. Uh, you know, there's not a, a lot of there's not a lot of tolerance. You have to be really on top of things, right? Uh, you're right. There's a lot of details that I have to manage. I'm. Uh fortunate that I have a great staff uh, in the county council office and in the voter registration office. Tanya Fernandez is our supervisor over there. Jim Chirpak is our uh, warehouse manager. And of course, I have the board of elections who uh, help me uh, to uh, do my duty. And uh, you're right. It's uh, sometimes I wish I had an extra head with an extra (laughs) brain inside of it because sometimes it's, uh, it's a lot to juggle. You walked in in '03, probably in a, in a a maelstrom, if you will, because we were coming off of the 2000 election and the hanging chads. Now we didn't have hanging chads. That's we right. had no the chance. very cool, you know, mechanical, <laughs> right. you know, throwbacks from the '50s kinds of voting machines. 
but there was there was a lot of federal money that came in in at play to to kind of do the first you know you know 1.0 of digital voting. Can you talk about that? Sure. So at the time, uh, as you mentioned, we had mechanical machines and. One of the problems with the mechanical machines especially was for anyone that had any sort of uh, disability or physical challenge. They were high in the air. That's right. Uh, you needed to uh, physically move these little buttons. and I mean, they were wonderful machines for what they were. Uh, but uh, if you had issues, you know, if you had low vision or if you were in a wheelchair... Uh, they were very difficult to operate. What was the output of that? What, what would you get at the end of the day? Like a big scroll or something? That's exactly what you got. Seriously? Uh, you got a, uh, in, in behind the mechanical screen uh, was a, uh, a set, was set of dials and numbers. They basically made carbon copies on sheets of paper that were lined inside on rollers. And so by the time I got there, of course, the machines had been in use for 50 years anyway. And so sometimes the sixes looked like nines, or maybe it was the eights that looked like nines. And uh, early, uh, we had a race for county executive with Mark Vecchio, where uh, his opponent uh, uh, had a, I think, a hundred hundred vote lead on election night. And then when we did the final count again, it turned out that one of these uh, misread numbers had come up, and it changed from that to. Uh, I think winning by a hundred votes yeah. in the final tally. So yes, I came into that world, and almost immediately, uh, we were looking at changing voting equipment to uh, what was considered to be a state of the art at that time. Touch screens; uh, those were direct record machines. They call them DREs. So on that touch screen, uh, votes were not only counted but stored. That's what makes something okay. a, a DRE. And so uh, the state of Pennsylvania decided it didn't like the idea of uh, receipts, for instance. There's a lot of talk about uh, voter receipts. Mm -hmm. and there was also concern about people taking those receipts and selling their votes and concerns about privacy. And so wow. those were some of the background items that led the state to approve uh, a few different uh, manufacturers of touchscreens. Uh, we chose election systems and software and have had that system up through last year and that started what in 05 ish or so that's correct okay so that it's 15 years old and again your computer on your desk is not 15 years old is it right <laughs> that's right and uh, even though it is a closed system so it doesn't it didn't run afoul of the sorts of uh software patches and things that you know, we have to deal with with our computer that's on the internet mm -hmm. uh, because it was closed. It didn't run into that, but by the same time, uh, at the same time rather, security issues became uh, to the forefront. We've all heard about the Russians and what you think about that or don't think about that is up to you. But uh, in this world, I suppose it doesn't hurt at all to have increased cybersecurity, and that's something our new system offers. And uh, people have often wanted a backup, a paper backup. So uh, this new system offers both a ballot, paper ballot that functions as a backup. You don't, you don't take it with you, just like money. You don't take it with you, right. but uh, <laughs> you do have a ballot uh, that gets scanned. So at the end of the day, we'll have a photograph of your ballot and the ballot itself. 
Interesting. Okay, so so the so that's to address this concept that people seem to really be clamoring for, uh, about in the last few years is is they really want that not maybe not a receipt but they wanted to have you know paper proof of their vote. That's exactly right. There's always been even back when we made the decision to go that way and the state made its decision not to have receipts. There were many groups around the state who were very unhappy about that, and they've always felt that there should be a paper backup for the voter so that in case something happened to the electronics, that we would always have the paper. And so it's come around full tilt here 15 years later. We are done with the the voting machines as we've had them, right? That's correct. We are uh, going to paper. We're going back to the future, Joe. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm I'm thinking um, I'm thinking SATs or Scantron or any number of things that we filled in a um, we filled in a hole. So walk me through this. How do you vote using a hand marked paper ballot? So you're going to go to your. Uh, as you're at your polling place, you're going to go through the line as before. You have to sign in, right? Sign in. Your registration will be checked, obviously. Well, if you're in the book, you're you're good. What are the voter ID laws these days right now? As far as like, do you have to present identification? The only time you have to present identification is if you're new in a precinct or if you're newly registered. That very first time, okay. you'll be asked. It'll say in the book, ID required. But once you've voted once in that place or... Once, uh, then you won't be asked for ID again. I love the poll workers at my place because they they call me by my name now. So the, that's uh, great. Know, isn't I, it? I try to vote every time. So all right. So you're getting handed. So what's happening? So you sign in. Then what's next? Are you getting handed something? So since this is a primary, of course, you're going to be asked what your party is. Okay. Because you're going to have a specific ballot for your party, and so uh, once that question's answered. Uh, Somebody at the end of the table is going to hand you a ballot inside of a manila folder. We're going to call that a privacy sleeve. Interesting. So that uh, you can carry your ballot in a, that little private folder. Uh, then you'll be, uh, you would be sent to a table where there's a number of dividers on the table. Uh, trifolds, if you can picture those. Uh, kind of little, little carols, like just to keep. Keep uh, you not, nobody's going to cheat off of your test. Uh, You know, we want you to feel like you're able to (laughs) make your choices and not have somebody looking over your shoulder. We aren't going to crowd you in too close. Now, jumping back just a second, you're, we're going to ask our poll workers to hand you a paper ballot, but they're all going to, they also are going to ask you, or there'll be a notice on the table that if there's some reason why you don't want to handwrite your ballot, you'll have the option to use the ballot marking device, which is nothing more than an electronic pen. Uh, You're going to go through and you're going to make your choices, similar to the touchscreen system that we just left. Uh, The major difference is it does not store ballots. It produces a paper ballot at the end. All right. So if if we're remember when you were talking about the old uh, mechanical machines and they were not accessible, would you say that if someone uh, was uh, an ADA compliant needed something the ADA compliant, would they ne- generally go to this machine that you're talking about here? This is definitely uh, built for uh, accessibility needs. The Print, for instance, we can change the size of the print if someone maybe has low vision, 
obviously, it's going to be at a table that would be uh, the right height for someone who was in a chair. If that was a situation, uh, there's a puff and sift component, that sipping component that a person could bring with them. Really? And, and hook it up to this. Yeah. It's a great big large screen, and uh, uh, we think it even works uh uh, better than the old touchscreens did in terms of visibility and, and ease of use. It still asks you when you're done. Uh, you'll get to review all your choices. If you want to make changes, you can. If you've missed something, it's going to ask you, is that what you intended? Right. Of course, we don't have to vote for everything, but the machine just wants to make sure. But always had that flashing, hey, you didn't That's vote in right. everything. That's right. Um, just one more question on the accessibility part. Is there any law... Um, if you have a personal care attendant, are they allowed to help you vote? Absolutely. Uh, some people sign up permanently to have help. Others may just fill out a form at the time of their voting. Okay. You, if you bring a child with you even, you know, uh, if you're older, let's say, and you have a grown child or even a teenage child, uh, they're able to help you. They're going to be asked to sign a, uh, a help form and off you go. Okay. Well, that that's really excellent information. All right. So, um, f- but uh, again, most of us will be having a, uh, a, a paper ballot within a prime uh, privacy sleeve. So we go to the little carol, or we go to the little um, privacy area, and we open that up. And you're saying there's going to be a sharpie there for us to fill this out. That's correct. We have a specific pen we want you to use. We don't want you to bring your own or anything like that. We want uniformity. Obviously, when you're scanning a document, now this is uh, 2020 scanning technology. It's uh, a photograph, essentially. But by the same token, uh, we ask you to fill in the oval as completely as you can. This is this is very much like uh, the SAT, where you you know the Iowa test in yeah. one day. But you don't want to you don't want to cross over. I, I would imagine that there's very well, like okay. So in the primary, would your all of your choices be stacked? Would you say, Doug? They will. They so will. you don't you want to make sure that you're staying within that oval. We're gonna design the ballots so that the. Uh, the races all fall, uh, starting with the top, going to the bottom. There won't be side-by-side um, yeah. races that can be visually confusing. But, yes, just fill in the oval to the best of your ability. Okay. And to help, uh, that privacy slave is actually going to have printed instructions on top of it with some don'ts and some do's and okay. uh, little diagrams so that I think anybody, I think most people, uh, when they get to look at this and they try it out, they're going to see it's very intuitive. We're, we've all done this. Do you have a sample with you? or uh, I don't. Okay. Um, I was just wondering if there was something online that we could see. I, yeah. saw, I saw they were playing around with, you know, electing Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck or something when you had the, had the, uh, the testing down at the library, right? Uh, there is actually on the county website, uh, eriecountypa.gov, there's a button called uh, voting, and if you go hit that button, you will be able to get to some demonstration videos. Okay. Some ballots will be there for your review. Uh, I think people are going to find it. It's uh, it's exciting. It's simple. So once you've completed it, you put it back in the sleeve, and then you're right. gonna you're gonna go to the scanner, or you're gonna hand That's it right. to somebody. You're gonna walk it over to a scanner, which is gonna kind of be towards the door. We're gonna have an attendant by the scanner because. 
The actual act of casting is you putting your ballot in the scanner. That's your job. That's your That's right. act of voting right there. So we're going to ask you to just kind of peek the end of that ballot out of the sleeve, and uh, the scanner is going to grab a hold of it and bring it in. And if uh, the only time you're going to get a kick, it kicked back to you is if uh, you've decided perhaps to make a mark somewhere that it w- isn't within the oval. Maybe you've decided to 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 cro- put a, a check or a cross mark or a circle. It may send that back to you. Yeah. Uh, in that case, uh, we're going to suggest that you get a new ballot. Okay. We, we spoil that ballot. We write all over it. Spoiled. And those are returned to the courthouse there. So that's not something that you're shredding there. You're going to mark no. it as spoiled and then get a new that's one. That's right. Part of the uh, job for poll workers this time will be to track paper ballots. Uh, we're going to send mm-hmm. only so many to them, and they have to account for every single one. So this is to our anyone that has concerns about security or the safety of having paper ballots. We are going to know how many go out, and we have to know how many come back. And at... at at no part of this process is anything connected to the internet. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. There is no internet activity whatsoever. We want to finish up with the kind of the voting process. And so you you were saying that um, if if a ballot needs to get, uh, what do you call it, spoiled, spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, you go get a new ballot. Talk about the, that process and then what happens after all the, all the votes are um, gathered. What happens after 8 o'clock that night? All right. So uh, as we were saying before, your, your ballot gets halfway kicked out. It's going to read to you on a little screen what the problem is. It might be an overvote, which means you've voted for too many candidates in a race. You know, it was a vote for one and uh, accidentally you voted for two or whatever it might be. And so it's going to ask you, do you want a new ballot or you can cast it as it is? Uh, in an overvote situation like that, it's important for your voters to know that that race won't count. So if you accidentally vote out. for two, none of your votes count. So Interesting. Uh, it's important uh, that mm-hmm. you consider that. Uh, so let's say you've decided, well, I'll get another one. You'll hand your ballot. Uh, actually, you're going to take your ballot back with you to the station, fill in all the ovals so no one knows how you voted, and then hand it to a poll worker who will put it in a special envelope and give you a new one. Okay. Okay. Um, so so after, you know, hopefully a big honking turnout and, right. and uh, you know, all your poll workers have, are exhausted, but they've got to do a few more things to get that uh, data down to the courthouse. Tell me what the process is. That's right. So uh, and we talked about the scanner in the polling place. Those ballots drop into a uh, container that unfortunately looks a bit like a big garbage can, <laughs> but it's it's not. Uh Someone was teasing me that it looked like a shredder too. So all the all the worst things. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> but it drops in this secure container. At the end of the night, uh, the poll workers are going to gather up all of those scanned ballots and put them in a bag and bring them back to us uh, for storage. But they're also more importantly, or as importantly, will bring to us uh, two small pieces of media. One small piece of media, I should say. That is going to be the copy of every one of those ballots. Uh, so they're going to bring that back to us along with provisional ballots, along with uh, forms, along with anything that uh, is of import that we're going to need to see that night. 
So does that scanner itself make a, a precinct count? Uh, that scanner, it does. There's going to be a tape that's printed at the end of the night, just like in the old system. We'll post results from that tape. We'll even be able to post write-in results on a special report. It will feature you know, pictures of those signatures anyway. Okay. But So there'll be precinct results uh, on those little zip drives, and then they'll bring them back to the county courthouse where we'll put them into our uh, vote counting software, all 149 districts, and that's how we accumulate the unofficial canvas. Okay. Uh, the other aspect of that, and we haven't even touched on it yet, so we still have to, is absentee ballots Absolutely. and mail-in ballots. Yeah, I did, and I want to get to that because a lot of absentee and mail-in ballots has changed because of this uh this kind of negotiation between Governor Wolf and the Republicans in the House and Senate. Uh, can you give us a little bit of background on on uh, what was what was one side wanting to do? What was the? Can you give us a little analysis on that? Sure. So, on the Democratic side, they were looking for extended deadlines, uh, same day voting, even or same day registration. I should say, that's uh, long been a goal. Uh, they were looking for uh, relaxation of uh, uh, the time limitations on the absentee ballots. It used to be that you had to have your ballot in the Friday before the election and while still only being able to apply up till the Monday before, which left you five days. If you used the mail system, it was a heavy lift that you were going to get that ballot uh, back in time. Uh, so there was a little bit on each side. They were, they did compromise very nicely, I think. So the registration deadline is now 15 days from the election instead of 30. Uh, that does make it, you know, added pressure on us to uh, have our poll books complete mm. and have our registration list complete uh, by uh, that election day. Uh, also, you can now hand in your absentee ballot or mail-in ballot all the way up to including election day by eight o'clock. So if you apply for it on time the Monday before, but you don't mail it, you can bring it into the courthouse and drop it off. Uh, you can also, and this is something we've done for a number of years, uh, you may also come into the courthouse and apply and vote in the same visit. So we remind people of that. That's an easy way to uh, get your absentee or mail-in ballot done. You don't have to worry about you know, did it get through the mail on time? Did we receive it? Did we not? You just have to come to the courthouse. Of course, you'll have to come through security, but we think it's easy and convenient still. Uh, apply, vote, and you're done. It's technically early voting, That's correct. but at one place, which is the courthouse. That's correct. It is early voting, and that was one of the things that uh, the Democratic Party was interested in, and the governor as well. And so, and the Republicans wanted to make sure that straight party voting would be eliminated. That's a big change. That that's gone now. And so, talk about that uh, again on a paper ballot. I guess they they would have just had Republican. And just Democrat at one point? That's right. It's just as people who are familiar with uh, absentee voting, it's the same thing. You have yeah. a straight party choice. And, and you just uh, filled in You just filled in one circle and that was it? That's all you had to do, yeah. uh, potentially. Though what we found quite often was that people would fill that in and they would still go through <laughs> and fill in choices down the line. Right. Uh, 
So I think in some ways this will just remove some confusion about what that means. Well, it's gonna it's gonna force people whether they're using the voting uh, the the actual digital machine or the paper ballot. They're going to have to go through every single name. And so um, that's super interesting, too. And it, it, I wonder, Doug, if it um, again, this is just me and my strategery, but I, I, I wonder if it eliminates some of the benefit of having a top ballot position in a primary. I, I think about in in the when we go to city council, we talk talk about the municipal races, which will be in 2021, you know, um, ballot position is everything, right? You know, especially if 14 city council people uh, on, a, on a primary, I wonder if having this on a piece of paper where you can see them all has any impact. Well, I guess when I think about that versus looking at that list on a screen, yeah, if you're at the in the middle of the list, it's probably still not a great still place not to great. be. Yeah. If it's a long uh, candidate choice, it becomes more difficult for you, I think. Yeah, compared to somebody at the top or even somebody at the bottom. Sure. Um, but I think uh, where it will have an impact certainly is uh, candidates who perhaps have a lot of support in both parties. Uh, quite often, uh, you know, they would lose support perhaps from those who were, for whatever their reason might have been, to vote straight just for ease, sure. just for quickness. Uh, they wouldn't be, you know, they, those votes weren't available to them. So someone that uh, appeals to both parties, works for both parties' support, you're never going to get all of it, but what you do work for, you may come back to and uh, benefit you. When someone has to go through a ballot, just as you said, and mm -hmm. select someone for every race or at least consider every race. I think it's important that we make mention, too, that, um, uh, y you know, that this is a closed primary. Yeah. And so if you have not registered, for example, to be a Democrat, you will not get to choose from the, the Democratic presidential candidates They might be remaining by or. Actually, they could all be on the ballot because they would have had to get their petitions in way before anybody pulled out, correct? Yeah, we're not sure. Uh, you know, can you, can you withdraw yourself out? We're not sure whether there'll be time enough for that. Uh, that's yeah. the state's choice there. Okay. Uh, so there may be some uh, uh, candidates, Buttigieg and maybe... Uh, Klobuchar. Klobuchar, right, may still be on the ballot. Uh, come April twenty eighth, and because uh, I mean those signing those petition signing parties happened weeks ago. Yes, absolutely. Those those things have been completed. Yeah, uh, going way back now. Uh, you but can, again, uh, if you're Republican and you're saying oh, I'm going to cross over to to vote for Bernie or whoever, we have a closed primary, and uh, and again, my editorial comment is. I like the way that our primary works is that that you stay in your lane and, and that the that the, the people in the Democrat team choose their leader. People in the Republican team choose theirs. And you don't have to respond. to Well, that, but, that's right. But I think even yeah. another issue there, Joel, is uh, we have an ever increasing group of independent and, and third party voters. And so if you want to have a choice in this primary, close primary, change your party registration. You can always yeah. change it back. A day later, you know, and you're saying registration is what the new rules is now the 13th of April, which is literally 15 days before the That's election. That's the last day to change your registration. Okay. Can you do it online? 
You can. You can. You can do it online, either at our website, Erie County Gov PA, ErieCountyPA.gov, or uh, VotesPA.com is another one. Uh, you can make changes to your registration online. It's easy. It's fast. And again, you could uh, change your registration on the 13th, and then on the 15th, you could change it back. It was reported. So it doesn't matter, of course, for the fall. But right, right. But yeah, um, but I mean, again, uh, for mayor's uh, races and things, again, for other years, sometimes people, I've, I've done that, you know, where I wanted to vote in the in the Democratic race because I wanted to, to support my friend who was running for mayor. Um I, I want to ask you and, and refer to an e- uh, a text that I received from one of our listeners. Uh, let's let's talk about the mail-in or the what they call the no excuse uh, ballot, right? So, um, uh, how do we control people that might be, you know, mailing in a ballot and then they show up at the polls? Uh, what kind of security is is there for that? So, there's a system in place for that. Uh, when you apply either for an absentee or a mail-in ballot, that application becomes part of our uh, software system. It's called Sure. That's our voter registration system. It's connected to the state in real time. Uh, once you apply, uh, when we print our poll book, that's the book you sign on election day, uh, you're going to be marked as a as having applied. And so, in fact, there may not even be a signature line for those voters who have applied, their only option, now it used to be in the old days, if you applied for an absentee, Joel, and you decided, well, you could make it after all. So you showed up, your absentee was at the polls, they they marked it, uh, not spoiled, but uh, uh, a different designation, and then you would vote on the machine. Now, okay. now uh, if you apply, even if you don't... Um, even if you didn't receive it on time, even if you didn't turn it back on time, uh, you'll not be permitted to vote on a machine. Well, on an official ballot, you would have to use a provisional ballot. And so that's the security that the person was asking about. A provisional ballot is a ballot that someone might get. If, for instance, we show them as unregistered at the polling place, but they're quite sure they are. They're given this paper ballot. It's green. And then on the Friday after the election, we look at those separately. Okay. So we'll look at all of those uh, provisional ballots and compare them with any absentee ballots under the same name, just to make sure, or mail-ins, to make sure that nobody inadvertently or, or on purpose has tried to vote twice. Uh, so with those controls in place, we feel like that'll be enough to keep that type of activity uh, at bay. Were you surprised when you heard that the governor said that within like two weeks of uh, opening for the mail-in ballots, there were like 20,000 – I mean, it was, a, it was a, a big number of people participating in the mail-in uh, situation there. I'm not surprised at all. Um, I, I expect – I mean, we perhaps may not hit big numbers in the primary, perhaps, in the mail-in area, but I have no doubt that by the time we get to the fall, we'll have – as many mail-in ballots as we've ever had absentee ballots. So, 
And again, you can apply for that online and that's right. and get the ballot sent to you to that's complete. Right. That's correct. And then mail that or in. Or you could do it in person. Or you can do it in person. I'm just thinking of the of the kids that are in college or what have that's you, right. right? That's right. I think I, I might have my, my daughter come down to get a mail-in ballot or something. And, and some might ask, well, why do they have this mail-in ballot and an absentee ballot? Uh, in order to change the absentee, it is in the PA Constitution. Oh, wow. In order to change the Constitution, of course, you have to go through three sessions, uh, votes from both chambers. Uh, if uh, people are familiar with the term Christmas tree, that's what <laughs> would happen to any bill that would have to go through three sessions of the assembly. It would have uh, a compromise probably would have been impossible. Sure. Uh, so what they decided to do was create a whole separate category of no excuse mail-in voting, early voting. That makes a lot of sense. We're talking to Doug Smith. He is uh, from the Erie County Elections. And again, if you have a last-minute question, you're, we're, we're about 10 minutes before the hour, uh, 1-800, I'm sorry, 814-679-1080. We could take a call or text on that line. And um, uh, I, we're going to take our final break, and then I'm, we're going to come back with Doug and make sure that we've covered all of our bases here because there has been a lot of change. You know, the uh, Act 77 changes have has really changed kind of the the look pennsylvania is kind of kind of coming into more of a modern approach to voting we're some almost, might say we're almost modern we're almost modern here <laughs> uh, I, I mean is it isn't it remarkable to you that they say like two million people have voted in california already before today i'll tell you what i don't envy election officials in <laughs> california I, I don't know how they administer uh well, they don't do it with volunteers, I wouldn't imagine. It's very difficult when you've got so many categories of voters and so many rules and, and it can go so late. I'm one of those guys that's live tweeting through the evening here. So I'm, I'm trying to beat my other buddies. You know, it's kind of like a game. You know, who can get the who can get the results first? And so Ben speaking from the Erie readers out there. And, you know, you've got the, the guys from the newspaper. And so we're all having fun with it all. But um, uh, yeah, what what do you anticipate? Change, what are kind of the big changes do you anticipate on election night in April? Well, fortunately, the machine votes that we talked about being on a Zoom drive those will be calculated quickly as ever before uh, what is going to be different this time is since ballots can come in all the way up to eight o'clock uh, the legislation says that we're not to even open the envelopes until after eight oh, wow. and that we're to they talk about formalities such as reading out names checking signatures so you know if we have people in the office that want to review that process then obviously that's going to take more time and that's fine, but uh, uh, for someone that's looking for quick results, we're probably going to be looking at the day after Election Day before we really get into the meat of the paper ballots. And obviously, if you have 20,000, uh, that's going to take some time to do. But uh, So, we, so I'm, I'm confused. So basically, you're going to be able to articulate what's coming through the scanner, but then... Um, wouldn't that give you, I mean, kind of the the close unofficial count? It would. So you'll have an unofficial count, but it's just going to take a while. Generally, we did it. We do include absentee voting. We have that night. Past. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It just may be that we may not be able to get it all done on election night. That we may have to finish it the next day or perhaps the day after in the fall. Nothing you know? like Iowa. 
no, we will not be Iowa. There will be no uh, questions there. And and once we get the ballots out of their uh, envelopes, if people can recall, there's a mailing piece, then there's a secrecy piece inside. We have to separate those so we don't know. Again, you're talking about all these mail-in ballots. That's right. We wow. don't want to know how you voted. We want to separate a name from a ballot. Gotcha. And then all those ballots, well, then they'll scan quickly. It's okay. just a matter of getting to that point and... Uh, so you're, so you're anticipating a lot of mail-ins. We are. We are. Wow. So that's going to color the whole evening. Um, and again, are they instantly identifiable by precinct? Uh, on the outside envelope, they are. So we're probably going to be segregating them, putting them in some sort uh, as they of come in. precinct okay. order so that we'll be able to go boom, 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 you wow. know, once we get started and... Uh, can you explain, and maybe this is a little bit of inside baseball, but again, somebody who's always watching and hitting refresh on the county website, what comes in first? Is it the city first, and are we always waiting for Corey or Northeast or Albion? I don't want to get Corey mad at me. <laughs> actually, we're not, we're not actually always waiting for Corey. That was a kind of a once upon a time. Right. Uh, but uh, the city, the immediate area around the courthouse tends to come in first. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, by 10 o'clock, we usually have everyone in the county in. So within two hours, it's all... Yes. Again, it's only a 45-minute drive from the furthest point of the county. One thing that is beautiful about this system is we think once our poll workers try it, they're going to find that it's going to get them out faster. It's nice. easier. It's faster. And many of them have been there since 6, 6.30 in the morning, right? That's right. Setting so they're, things they're up. anxious. Yeah, wow. So, the, I mean, it, we, uh, you know, as far as what what is your role? I, I heard, a, you know, every once in a while, like a polling place will be locked and they don't have access to maybe the church or the right. school or the VFW. Do you have to get involved in that stuff? I'm part of a team. Uh, okay. We have a uh, team that uh, kind of a... Uh, uh, a center in the courthouse. Uh, I don't want to call it a war room. There's a better way. No, right, situation room. There we are. I like that better. <laughs> we have a situation room. And, uh, but you have somebody, rapid response, that can kind of... So we're going to have a room full of people on the phone. Yeah. They're taking problems. They're taking questions. Do they ever have to run out to uh, East Springfield? We do. Okay. We, we also have uh, Not a team of East uh, roaming poll workers. So okay. they are assigned... Uh, six or seven polling places that they visit on election day. They provide support. They solve problems. They communicate with us uh, what's going on. Like you said, if yeah. if uh, the door of the facility is locked, we get a call. And we start trying to find out, find the owner, you know. What about campaigning? And we got like 20 seconds, but uh, what are the rules on campaigning at, at the polls? Uh, 10 feet from the door of the voting room, not the building, the door of the voting room. Okay. Uh, you could, generally speaking, municipal or school property, you can't put signs in the ground. So don't do it. Yeah. You can hold them. You just can't put them in the ground. Doug Smith, thank you so much for giving us the primer of election 2020. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>